Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and I thought that for today's episode we would continue our discussion of the Apostles. Bartholomew's name appears only four times in the New Testament, and each time it is in one of the lists of the Apostles. This would seem to indicate that we know very little about this man, but that is not necessarily true. By investigating a little further into the matter, we can learn a great deal. In the list of apostles found in Matthew and in Mark, Bartholomew is paired with Philip. In the Gospel according to John, nothing is said of the apostle Bartholomew. However, we do find John mentioning someone in connection with Philip, and that person's name is Nathaniel. Let's look a little bit more closely. In John 21, verses 1 and 2, we find these words. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. First we see from this passage that like all of the apostles, except Judas Iscariot, Nathanael was a Galilean. Second, we find that he, like the other apostles, was a witness of the resurrected Christ. A third interesting fact that has to do with the name Bartholomew. It is not what we would call a first name, it is a last name. Bartholomew means son of Tomai. These considerations have led many scholars to identify Bartholomew with Nathaniel, making his name Nathaniel Bartholomew or Nathaniel son of Tomai. About Nathaniel we can ascertain much from scripture. In John chapter 1, verses 44 through 51, this is what we find. Philip findeth Nathanael, and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let's notice a few things. Nathanael was brought to the Lord by someone else, a follower of Jesus. You know, that can be said of all who are Christians. Someone cared enough 
and someone was faithful enough to tell us about the Lord. This emphasizes our need to do the same, care enough and be faithful enough to tell someone about Jesus. We might also note that Nathaniel's belief and commitment were not based merely on Philip's opinion. Remember that he said, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Perhaps that appears to be an unreasonable bias. But what sets Nathaniel apart is that when Philip said, come and see, Nathaniel went and saw. A lot of people allow their bias and previously held notions to keep them from investigating the truth, but not Nathaniel. Jesus even said, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. When Nathaniel recognized that Jesus possessed supernatural knowledge, his conclusion was, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus told him that he would see greater things than these. If my understanding that Bartholomew and Nathaniel are one and the same person, then Nathaniel walked with Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. He saw Jesus heal the sick, cast out demons, calm the sea, even raise the dead. He had his confession of faith so profoundly confirmed by the Lord's resurrection. So the picture is that of a simple man, possessed with deep honesty and integrity, willing to investigate for himself and make an honest evaluation. Once having made that evaluation, he was willing to commit to it and live by it. I don't know that a person could do much better than that. James, along with his brother John and his father Zebedee, were fishermen by trade who were apparently in partnership with Simon Peter. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, we read of a most interesting event. These men had been fishing on the Sea of Galilee throughout the night and had caught nothing. As they were on shore mending their nets, the Lord, being pressed by the multitude of people, entered into Simon's boat and asked him to push out a little from the land. Thus from Simon's boat the Lord taught the multitude on the shore. At the conclusion of his teaching, Jesus instructed Simon to launch out into the deep and let down his nets. While hesitant to do so, Simon followed the words of the Lord and was rewarded with a tremendous catch of fish, so large, in fact, that his nets were not able to contain it. Simon summoned his partners, including James, to assist him. They were astonished by the catch, and Simon, James, and John left all and followed Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22 gives us additional information about James, including the marvelous statement of the Lord, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. These two passages give us some insight into James. He had witnessed, indeed participated in, a wonderful miracle. When the call to follow Jesus came, Matthew tells us that he and his brother John immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. When the evidence demanded it and the call was made, James responded. James was gainfully employed in an honest profession, and that was good. However, when the best came, he recognized it and responded. It is not always a question of choosing between good and bad. Sometimes it is a question of choosing between what is good and what is best and being wise enough to make the right choice. Together with his brother John and with Simon Peter, James would be part of the what could be called the inner circle of the apostles, John, James, and Peter. 
In Mark chapter 3, verse 17, James and John were called by Jesus, the sons of thunder. An event that took place in the ninth chapter of Luke helps us to understand this a little better. As Jesus was journeying to Jerusalem, he sent messengers before him into a Samaritan village to make ready for him. The villagers would not receive him. In verses 54 through 56, we find the following. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. So we see a man who was still learning the nature of the work that Jesus had come to do as well as the nature of the work that James had been called to perform, was not yet clear to him. Perhaps for him, temper was a problem, but he was growing. In Mark 10:37, we find James and John making the following request of Jesus. Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. Thus pride and ambition show themselves in the life of James. This does not mean that James was a bad man. No, much to the contrary. He simply did not yet understand. He was seeking a place of preeminence because he did not realize that true greatness in the Lord's kingdom is determined by service. If we look at James closely, we see a man who was by no means perfect, but who continued to learn and to grow. He came to understand who Jesus truly was, and he was willing to give up all and follow him wherever. There were moments of weakness and error, as we all have. Yet after the resurrection of Jesus, no one stood more firmly than this man. In Acts 12, verses 1 and 2, we see what became of James. The passage says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. James was the first apostle to die for Jesus. What an example for us to emulate. Be willing to learn and to grow. Make corrections in our lives as needed. And be convicted, truly convicted, even if it means that we must die. Faithful unto the point of death. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby.